Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. The director of the Gulf Theater and your host, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight, your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies bring you, from New York, one of the grandest casts it's ever been our pleasure to present. Gertrude Lawrence, Herbert Marshall, John Mack Brown, and of course, the music of Oscar Bradley and his Gulf Orchestra. Everything's excitement here in the Gulf Theater tonight, for immediately after the show, away we go back to Hollywood. In order to bring you such names as Bing Crosby, Norma Shearer, Robert Taylor, and Basil Rathbone. The Gulf Theater, ladies and gentlemen, is the only place where you can meet all your favorite stars. Because the Gulf Theater is the star's own theater. Every cent of the money that would otherwise be paid to them for appearing in the Gulf Theater is used instead to help meet the needs of the Motion Picture Relief Fund and to build a home for the less fortunate members of the industry. And because it is a program with such a swell purpose, stars who ordinarily don't appear on the radio are happy to appear in the Gulf Theater. That's why, for instance, three weeks from today, we have the privilege of bringing you one of America's greatest stars, the little girl everyone loves. On December 24th, Christmas Eve, the Gulf Theater will present for her first time on the air, Miss Shirley Temple. Tonight we present Accent on Youth, a play by Samson Rayfieldson, whose current hit... Skylark, starring Gertrude Lawrence, is now running on Broadway. And may I present our three-star cast, the part of Stephen Gay, a successful New York playwright at the dangerous age of 51, is played by Herbert Marshall. I tell you, I'm worried about this new play of mine. How are audiences going to react to a play in which a 60-year-old actor makes ardent love to a young girl? It's got me worried. I'm afraid it won't work. Linda Brown... Stephen Gay's 26-year-old secretary is in love with Stephen, but he doesn't know it. Linda is played by Gertrude Lawrence. I think it's a beautifully written play. Why shouldn't audiences believe the old man? I think they'll say he's a gloriously courageous character. Dickie Reynolds, a young actor who's been engaged to play the juvenile lead in Stephen Gay's new play, is portrayed by John Mac Brown. I like the part. After all, the public accepts me as romantic. That's just the kind of a part this is. And now in the role of stage manager, I call for lights. 
Music. The scene is the study of Stephen Gay's apartment overlooking the East River, where we find Stephen excitedly pacing the floor. It's no use, Linda. I'm not going to let Benham produce the play. I'm going away and forget it. My dear girl, you're discharged. With my compliments, my gratitude, my affection. Now, we'll have to give you a nice present. What would you like most in the world? Nothing, thank you. Oh, come, come, Linda, I'm serious. Would you like a car, a trip to South America, maybe a trousseau, haven't you a boyfriend? No. Don't be silly. You're a fine-looking girl. You'd make any man a splendid wife. Tell you what, write yourself a check for six months' salary. That's it. You retire, too. Take a trip somewhere. Take your mother along. I haven't got a mother. Oh, of course. I forgot. I'm sorry. Well, take a girlfriend along. Two nice young girls. Honolulu, ukuleles, Yellowstone Park, cowboys and Indians. See America first. Or maybe Havana. It's romantic. Will you sign this check now, please, Mr. Gates? Certainly. Say, uh, what is this? $41.65? Today is the fourth day of the week. My salary is 60. Four days make 40. And I paid $1.65 for that parcel first package yesterday. What's the matter, Linda? What have I done? Nothing's the matter. You're angry. No, I'm accurate. You've discharged me, haven't you? Well, I... Yes or no? Why, yes. I've finished your letters, your notes, your telephone calls. You'll find everything filed away. All your manuscripts in order, all the bills for the month are paid. The pencils are sharpened, the typewriter covered, the desk is shut. My working day is over. You owe me $41.65. My dear child. Here's the check. Will you sign it, please? Well, I suppose if you... Thank you. Now we're through, aren't we? It looks that way. You're no longer my employer. No. And I'm no longer your secretary. Right. We're two human beings together. Yes, Linda. A man and a woman. A man and a woman. Well, before I say goodbye, I want you to know that I love you. What? I want you to know that the three years and the two months I've spent with you have been the most wonderful, painful, happiest years I've ever had or hoped to have. Linda... You've hardly known I was on earth. But you've given me more than you would have given your wife or any other woman or your friends or your audience. I've had you when you were alone. You've spoiled every man I know for me. You did that the first month. I don't think I'll ever forget a single look of your face, a single word you've said. You've done a terrible thing to me. You've opened my heart and my eyes and you've never touched me. Why, you poor child. It hurt. Every bit of it hurt. You were so beautiful. And if you think I can walk out of this house quietly that you can smile me away with money and a few new dresses. If you think I can walk out of here without wanting to kill you, without wanting to cut my initials into every day you're going to live, you're crazy. Goodbye, and try to forget me. Hey, Linda, wait. Let me look at you, you strange creature, you lovely creature. Don't go away. Let me look at you some more. <laughs> oh, I'm not patronizing you. I'm... I'm seeing you. You're grand. Oh, if I were only 35 or 40 instead of 51. What do you want of me, Linda? Nothing. That's not true. I know it's not true. What do you want of me, Linda? I don't know. Everything. Anything. Sit down. Why, of course, of course, most natural thing in the world. Where do you live, Linda? West 10th Street. Apartment? Yes. And your parents are dead. You went to college or something, didn't you? Three years. 
Why, certainly. A girl like that, I come into her life and it happens. Suddenly, like a banquet, she gets Broadway, literature, personalities, and me. Linda, I know you won't believe it, but you'll get over this. Will I? Yes, you will. You're young and you've made yourself ready. The world is full of fascinating people. Far more fascinating than I am. You know that isn't so. Oh, I suppose there's something in what you say. Tell me, am I um, physically attractive? Oh, yes. <laughs> Funny, when you get right down to it, I can't think offhand, you know, of a man who could make you forget me. I'm beginning to see what a spot you're in. I am unique, witty, sensitive, imaginative, worldly, gay, and yet with a feeling for tragedy. And I know myself too well. I mean, I've been around too much to deny that I am charming. You're wonderful. I know I am. But Linda, my sweet, I don't love you. I don't love anybody. I know that. You don't have to tell me. I know that. And if I did love you, now, suppose for the sake of argument, I fell in love with you. It would be worse. Picture a man of 51. Why, it's like the situation in my new play... Good Lord, Linda, get your notebook. What? Get your notebook. Yes, sir. Ready? Oh, 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 Linda, this is marvelous. How can I ever repay you? Repay me for what? Do you realize what you've done for me? Angel, you've saved my play. Get this, it's a cinch, Linda. Oh, why didn't I think of it before? She makes love to him. Hmm? Get it? Beautifully simple. She makes love to him. It whitewashes the old boy completely, doesn't it? Yes, I suppose it does. God bless you, Linda. Happy? Why not? I'm in love with the play all over again, aren't you? I always was. Linda, do you know, you're a very beautiful girl. How did you like the play? I liked it. Looks like Stephen Gay's done it again. I've never seen Miss Linda Brown in a play before. Who is she? Oh, haven't you heard? No. She used to be Stephen Gay's secretary. Oh. <laughs> Two and a ninth row for the Stephen Gay play. Is it any good? Good. It's been running for five months, and that ain't bad, lady. I have all the faith in the world in you, Linda. I love you, and I believe you love me. But I know too much about life, about women. You might be an angel straight from heaven, but so long as you're young and I'm old... I tell you, there's no substitute for youth. Every night in the play, Dickie Reynolds takes him in his arms. Every night, in words that I wrote, his youth calls to you. Every night. And two matinees a week. Oh, you're jealous. Dying of it. Big pardon, Mr. Gay. Yes, now go. Mr. Richard Reynolds to see you, sir. Do you want to see him or do you want to run along, Linda? Of course I want to see him. Hello, Mr. Gay. Hello, Linda. Uh, how are you? Hello, Dickie. Sit down. Thanks. Excuse me, Mr. Gay. Uh, Mr. Benham on the phone. Oh, I'll take it in the other room. Excuse me, Dickie. Be right back, Linda. Entertain Dickie like a nice girl. Linda, I've got to talk to you. Dickie, what's the matter with you? You. I'm quitting the show on account of you. Don't, don't look at me like that. That's the way you've been looking at me for six months, as if I was a wallpaper on the wall. I'm sorry, Dickie, but... It drove me crazy. I had to see you. I, I couldn't stand it any longer. Dickie, you, you poor boy. What have I done to you? Nothing. Oh, I love you so much I can't see straight, that's all. There. Now you know. 
Dickie. Why, um, where is Dickie Linda? Well, he he wanted to go, so I didn't stop him. Then I'm going to put the show through to the coast next season. Stephen. Stephen, will, will you marry me? Will you stick to the subject? Did you hear what I said about Benham? Kiss me, Stephen. You do love me, don't you? I'd like to see anyone try to stop me. You make me very happy. Will you marry me? I'm weakening. Oh, darling. Darling. What are you crying about? Let's get married right away. All right. You know I've always wanted to do, don't you? Have you? I only hesitated because of... I wasn't really sure you loved me. But now you are, aren't you? Somehow I am. Let's go up to Greenwich tomorrow morning. Done. It's a date. So the curtain here in the Gulf Theater falls on the first act of Accent on Youth. We've just about a minute before we go on with our story, and in that minute we've asked Harry Von Zell to help clear up a rather perplexing problem, if you will, Harry. Yes, thank you, Roger. Well, you know, folks, a good many confusing things can be said. In fact, I fear sometimes are said about gasoline. The important thing, however, for you to remember always is to buy the product of a company in which you have the utmost confidence. A company whose avowed policy is to manufacture and sell only the finest products that skill, science, and great resources make possible. And will you remember also that this is the policy of Gulf? Its gasolines, Good Gulf and No Knox, are today greatly improved over what they were even six months ago. Just as six months ago, they were better products than they were the year before. All this is done as a matter of course and is the result of forever keeping pace with every known means of product improvement. With Gulf, the policy of constantly improving the quality of its products is a pledge. A pledge that you motorists will find maintained whenever you stop at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Thank you, Harry. And now it's time for the curtain to rise on Act Two of our play Accent on Youth, starring Gertrude Lawrence, Herbert Marshall, and John Mac Brown. So we call for lights. Music. It's the morning of the day Linda and Stephen planned to elope to Greenwich. Dickie Reynolds, obviously upset, has come to call on Stephen Gay. I happened to be passing and, and I thought I'd drop in to see you. Something special? Is Linda here, Mr. Gay? She'll be here soon. I, I've got to see her. You know where she lives? I tried to see her all afternoon. She wasn't at home to me. I called her eight times and she wouldn't, she wouldn't talk to me. She's mad at me for quitting the show. What do you want to see her about? Oh, good Lord, Mr. Gay. Can't you see I'm in love with the girl? So that's why you're quitting the show. Sure. That's why I quit. I couldn't stand holding her in my arms every night and her acting like I wasn't on earth. Every time I came near to her to, to tell her, I, I couldn't. But yesterday you could. What did you tell her? What I'm telling you. Oh. What did she say? I didn't wait to find out. I lost my nerve. I, I bolted. Why didn't you stay? You fool. She'd have jumped into your arms. Oh, gee, do you really think so? No. No, you're wrong. What's the matter with me, Mr. Gay? You know me. You're a man of the world. You've lived. Why, why you're old enough to be my father. What? Tell me, what's the matter with me? Nothing's the matter with you. You've got everything. Youth and everything. If you want her, go after her. 
If it were any other girl, I... Oh, I never had trouble like this before, Mr. Gay. Well, go on. What do you want? Let me stay and see her. I'll shoot the works the first chance I get. Every man has a right to one break anyway if he's in love with a woman or a man. And I'm a man. And she doesn't mean anything to you. Or does she? Not the thing. Uh, Then you'll help me? Help you? I'll give her to you. You want your break? Well, I'll hand it to you on a silver platter. She's due here in a few minutes. I'll be gone and she'll find you. You should be able to get your message over in an hour and a half, don't you think? I'll try. Well, stage is yours. Uh, Mr. Gay, uh, how will I... Well, what will I say to her? What will you say to her? What do you expect me to do? Write your love scene for you, too? Well, Romeo, you're out of luck. Goodbye. Okay, Mr. Gay. Look here, what, um... What did you say to her yesterday? Oh, I don't remember. Well, for instance, did you say those classic words, I love you? I said, I love you so much I can't see straight. Not bad. Oh, honestly? What did uh, she say? Uh, she said... Oh, no, never mind. Don't tell me. Well, do you think if I said the same thing to her... No, that's only good the first time. Jeez, this thing is getting me. I could write that scene for you so you couldn't miss. If in her heart she really cares about you. Oh, gee, Mr. Gay, would you? Nothing like it has ever been done before. Of course, there was Serrano, but this is different. Let's see now. You're sitting here. She comes in. At first, she doesn't see you. What's the matter with me? Am I going insane? The devil with you. Oh, Mr. Gay, if you've really got an idea... Don't interrupt. I'd be the sap of the world to do it. Well, if Sheridan were in a spot like this, or Shakespeare, they'd go through with it. Well, Dickie, you win. Let's shoot the works. Will all of us shoot the works? Now listen carefully. I'm sitting here. Doesn't matter where you sit. When Linda comes in, you tell her that you're saving for Europe tonight. Tell her you're all packed. You're going because of her, whether she likes it or not. She has changed your whole life. She's made life more beautiful, more exciting, more painful. Be sure you get that in. More beautiful, more exciting, more painful. All right. There's nothing as dull as just, I love you. Now, this is a goodbye scene. That's what makes it strong. You're going away forever. You're never going to see her again. All because of her. She's never going to see you again. Say, that's swell. Now, carry that goodbye scene right up to the door. She'll come to you. You start out of the door, then you turn, ask her to kiss you goodbye. You think you could do that? I know I can. All right. The rest is up to you. Well... Suppose, suppose she won't kiss me. She will. It's a goodbye scene. Anyone, I mean, any woman would. And after that, it's up to the actors, not the playwright. The moment has been created. You'll find out all you need to know. We'll all find out. Gee, Mr. Gay, you're brilliant. There she is now. I'll go out the side way and leave the stage to you. Stephen! Oh, Stephen! More beautiful, more exciting. More... Stephen! Oh, hello, Dickie. Where's Mr. Gay? Well... He went out. He said... Well, when will he be back? Oh, not for an hour and a half. What are you doing here? I... I can't... Linda, I've got something to say. I don't want to hear a word you have to say. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be in the same room with you. Either you go or I go. I'll go. But before I go, I want to tell you where... Go away as far as you possibly can. Nothing would please me better than to know that you were in China or Africa... Or Siberia or Timbuktu. Shut up! What? Now, now you listen to me. Let go of my arm. You're hurting me. Oh, I've been me. wanting to kiss you for months. Dickie, let so me go. Let me I go, go, I tell you. I love you. What's the matter with you, Dickie? Are you crazy? I love you. I hate you. Oh, how I hate you. Linda. I... I... I love you. Oh, my darling. 
my own. Oh, Dickie, I love you, too. I beg your pardon, Mr. Gay, but did you read the item that Benham may do a revival of your last play? Don't believe everything you read, Flogdor. My last play died and was buried five months ago. Let it rest in peace. Time does fly, doesn't it, sir? Do you suppose Miss Linda married Mr. Reynolds? Stephen, you've got to take me back. That Dickie Reynolds, you don't know what I've been through in the last five months. What do you think I've been through? No matter what I've done to you, I've paid for it. I led a life of torture, become a nightmare. You're the only one who can save me. Don't you love him anymore? I can't stand him. Last May you told me you loved him. I thought I did. It all happened so quickly. How could I tell? You were so mean about everything. I hated you. I, I could have loved him. I wanted to. I tried. And then we went out to visit his people in Santa Barbara. His mother insisted on a long engagement. Oh, I never want to go through anything like it again. Stephen, why didn't you tell me what a dreadful thing youth was? Why didn't somebody tell me? What um, happened in Santa Barbara? Well, here's a typical day. Out of bed at 7 a.m., not p.m. Three hasty kisses, and then we play tennis. What do I know about tennis? Then, sweating and limp, a shower, two hasty kisses, and swimming while I sit on the beach and burn. Mm-hmm. Stephen, did you ever see the rich men's sons in their bathing suits waiting for the depression to pass? They're broad-shouldered, handsome, tan. Every one of them was once an all-American something. And ten feet away, you can't tell one from the other. And you couldn't tell Dickie from any of them. No, I suppose you couldn't. Then he gets a rub down and it's time for lunch. Oh, Stephen, after sitting with a clean-cut outdoors man and watching him eat vitamins, starches and spinach, you and your pills are a midsummer night's dream. <laughs> then at night, the house is quiet. Suddenly the lights blaze on again and there are weird thumpings and the walls shake. Why? It seems that somewhere during the day he's missed out on a couple of muscles. Only a couple? Yes. Then we went to Connecticut. Fox hunting, golf, polo. Five months of it. Stephen, five months without nightlife, without the theater, without glasses of beer. Five months without pounding the table because somebody has got something crazy and beautiful and passionate to say to somebody else. Without smoke and poetry and laughter and bad ventilation. Without dialogue. Without you, Stephen. Where... Where's Dickie? I don't care. I love you more than ever. I know I've hurt you, Stephen, frightfully, but I'll make it up to you. It's October the 9th, our anniversary. I had to come back to you. It's been a wonderful and a terrible time for both of us. Now we're ready for each other. I'm sorry, Linda, but I would like it very much if I never saw you anymore or heard from you or anything. You really mean that? I do. Stephen. Yes? Stephen, when I came in, I thought I wanted you. And I thought you would have to want me if I wanted you. I thought to myself as I was walking around and around the block, in another five years, he'll be almost 60 and interested in bigger things than love, and I'll be 30, which nowadays is very young. And then we'll be really through with each other, and by that time, somebody else will probably fall in love with me whom I'll be able to endure. Because although I'm not a garbo, people do seem to be falling in love with me recently. 
They do? Yes, there were two up in Connecticut. You see, Stephen, I've become quite mature and realistic, don't you think? Not the romantic girl who once thought life was aflame just because you lived and breathed. And to tell the truth, I even thought so when I was walking around the block. But you must agree I'm being very sensible now. You are, Linda, very sensible. Goodbye, Stephen. By the way, what did Dickie say to you when he proposed? I love you. That's what he said. Is that all he said? That's all. You're sure Dickie didn't say anything else? Well, he said it more than once. <laughs> What's the matter? Oh, good Lord, you mustn't go now, Linda. I need you. I need you and a pencil and a notebook. But, Steve... Oh, you've just given me the most exquisitely lyrical, doggone idea for a play anybody ever had since time began. You ready? Ready? Don't just stand there. Clear off your desk. Here it is, October. And we've got to open before the holidays. Did you say we, Stephen? Call Benham tomorrow and say we'll have a rough draft to show in two weeks. That means we'll have to work till all hours. Ready? Yes, Stephen. Act one, scene one. Act one, scene one. A bedroom. A castle in Spain. A bedroom, a castle in Spain. No. A penthouse apartment, New York. A penthouse apartment, New York. First speech. Linda, I love you. Is the heroine's name going to be Linda? Always. Linda. Thank you, Gertrude Lawrence, John Mack Brown, and Herbert Marshall. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the stars of our program return to the stage for the Gulf Question Box. Each one must answer some questions about Hollywood personalities. If they fail to give the right answer, they must pay a forfeit. You ready, fellas? Well, let's see. Could we have about ten seconds to catch our breath? Well, surely. I'll, I'll ask a warm-up question first. Harry, yes. uh, what's a good antifreeze for your automobile? Oh, well, now, that's easy, Roger. The new Gulf antifreeze. A permanent type antifreeze that saves you money because the first filling lasts all winter long. That's right, Harry. Now, are you ready over there? Well, we haven't quite pulled ourselves together yet, Roger. <laughs> well, all right. Here's another question. Harry, what does the word Gulflex mean? Gulflex is a special lubrication service made possible by the new, finer Gulflex lubricants. And it sure is a swell job, too. Ends annoying squeaks and rattles like magic. Gives better all-round lubrication and makes your car ride easier and steer easier longer. Thank you, Harry. Uh, now are you ready? Almost, Roger. You see, uh, it's this way. Well, uh... now, of course, I may be wrong, but you fellas sound like you're stalling to me. <laughs> well, anyway, one more question, and then we're coming ready or not. Harry, uh, when should a motorist change his motor oil? Right now. Get rid of that dirty, worn-out oil and get the winter-grade Gulf Pride motor oil. Gulf Pride, the only motor oil processed by the Alclar process gives you extra protection and extra quick starting. You can laugh at winter when you stop at the sign of the laughing man at your good Gulf dealers and protect your car with Gulf Antifreeze, Gulf Flex Lubrication, and Gulf Pride Motor Oil. Thank you, Harry. Okay, fellas? Well, I... <laughs> well, here we go anyway. The first question goes to Herbert Marshall. Bart, what person who was a famous star today appeared only as a member of a trio in The King of Jazz? Oh, that's a cinch. That's all right. That's my old pal, uh, Bing Crosby, when he was one of the rhythm boys. That's no? right. That's right, Bart. It was Bing Crosby. <laughs> Incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, Bing will be here in the Gulf Theater next week with Gene Parker, Andy Devine, Raymond Walburn, and Chick Chandler. Now, our next question goes to Oscar Bradley. Oh, goody. 
Oscar, name a motion picture star whose voice has never been heard on the radio. You mean ever, ever? Yes, ever, ever. I thought. All right, Oscar, I'm sorry. The star is Greta Garbo, and for your forfeit, now let's see, you must tell the funniest story, Oscar, that you have ever heard. Well, do you know what Noah said when he heard the rain pattering on the roof? No, Mr. Bradley, what did Noah say when he heard the rain pattering on the roof? Ark. <laughs> Thank you, Oscar Bradley. And the next question is Johnny Mac Brown. Johnny, what famous stage star has never appeared in a moving picture? Well, let's see, Roger. That's sort of tough. Oh, that's uh, not tough. Catherine Cornell. That's right, Johnny. You fellas are too smart around here tonight. The next question goes to Gertrude Lawrence. Oh, here goes Gertrude Lawrence. <laughs> no, here's, here's the question, Gertrude. Match the following people with the right hobbies. Jimmy Stewart, Myrna Loy, and Chester Morris. And the hobbies are magician, builds model airplanes, and sculpts. Jimmy Stewart, Chester... Jimmy Stewart builds airplanes. Chester Morris is a sculptress. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And Myrna Loy builds airplanes. <laughs> no, Myrna Loy's a magician. That's not quite right, Gertrude. Jimmy Stewart builds model airplanes, but Chester Morris is a magician, and uh, Myrna Loy is a sculptor. That's right. But you, you, must, you must pay a forfeit, Gertrude. Now, this is a very special one. I have in my hand a comb and a common, common garden variety and a piece of tissue paper. Now, here's a little thing. I'm going to bring it over. You must... You, oh, come on now. You must take this comb and this piece of paper, and Oscar has something whipped up very specially. It's the Overture to Light Cavalry. And the brass section will be, uh, they will not play. And replacing the brass section is your problem. Oh, uh, here we go. Can I start it? Any time. <laughs> Make love. It's simple. <laughs> <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, before we say goodnight, I'd like to invite you to tune in next week when we bring you from Hollywood, Bing Crosby, Gene Parker, Andy Devine, Raymond Walburn, Chick Chandler, Oscar Bradley, and his orchestra. And now just as a final reminder, the Red Cross, ladies and gentlemen, needs your help this year more than ever before. So join and lend a hand, won't you? This is Roger Pryor saying goodnight, everybody. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.